chapter 15, reading from verse 11. If you want to grab one of the Pew Bibles, especially if you're new to church, then you can look at page 1049, and it will help you to follow along. Now, when we say the chapter number, that's the big number on the page. And when we say the verse number, that's the tiny little numbers that are tucked in away among the sentences. So we're going to read from Luke. This is an account of Luke, chapter 15. And we're going to read from verse 11. It's a familiar story to many of you. Uh, even if you're not a regular at church, you'll, understand, you'll have heard the, the phrase, the prodigal son, before. It is a familiar term, but it's, this is where it comes from, Luke chapter 15. And you're going to be helped as, uh, to follow along with this. But I think calling it the parable of the prodigal son is a little bit misleading. It's actually a tale of two sons, and therefore I'm going to need two helpers. Ewan, I've already primed them. Come on, Ewan, you come down here with me. And let's have Sarah Garvey. Come on, you come up here and you just stand there. All right? Good. Now, if you've got your Bibles open, if you track all the way back up to Luke chapter, Luke 15, verse 1, it gives you a little bit of context. It tells you who Jesus is actually telling this story to. Hi, Superman. Nice to see you. Uh, that fits very well with today, actually. Good lad. That wasn't even planned. Anyway. Um, verses 1 and 2 tell us that Jesus has a large crowd of people around him. And he, this, this crowd is made up of two types of people. Uh, they're called tax collectors and sinners. And they're Pharisees. So they are, if you like, the, the sinful people. The people who, who do wrong and know they do wrong. But the, people, the Pharisees are the people who, who kind of do right and they think that they're awesome. Therefore, Sarah, my little darling, you're going to be a sinner and you're going to hold up a little speech bubble that says I'm awful it's okay don't worry <laughs> gets good in the end and you my boy Superman what does it say in the front awesome. say it out loud for everybody I'm awesome. yes he knows it I am awesome okay so we've basically got tax collectors and tax collectors and sinners boys and girls can you shout out what's written on Sarah's card Sinners, yes. I'm awful. He can't read yet. It's all right. I'm awful. One, two, three. Oh, grown-ups joined in too. One, two, three. What's on this? One, two, three. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Good, you've got the knack of it already. Well, I'll read this as we go through. Verse 11 tells us, a man had two sons. Now, you're a boy today as well. Did I tell you that bit? That's all right, good, okay. Right, okay. A man had two sons, and the younger one thinks, this is the older son here, he says, I'm awesome. This is the younger son here. And he starts to think, maybe I could actually have a little bit more fun if my dad wasn't around. Do you ever think like that, boys and girls? Oh, my parents spoil all my fun. They don't let me play my DS all night. They never let me eat a full box of celebrations. All in the one go. I think it's totally unfair. Do you ever think like that? I even wish they weren't around so that I could just do whatever I want. Isn't that a terrible thing to say? That's a terrible thing to say. But that's what the younger son was saying. He said to his father, in verse 11, Father, give me my share of the estate. Now that's a terrible thing to say. That's like saying, I don't want you 
I just want what you can give me. I want your stuff. I want your money. The father is very, very sad. I'll be the dad today. The father is very, very sad. But he gives the little one what he wants anyway. There you go. Lots and lots of money. Now, can you show everybody your money? Yeah, that's a lot of money. Whoa, that's okay. You're a prodigal after all. Let me pull that down. You hold your money. Now, what do you think this younger son did with all this money? Well, he went off and spent it in wild living. The younger son, verse 13, got together all he had and set off for a distant country. Why don't you go for a lap around the church? Go for it. Go. And he's going to have a party. He's thinking everything is great. No pants around. He's thinking that everything is awesome. Yeah, good. like it. It's awesome. Now, here's what I want you to do. He spends all his money on wild living. Do you know what he does? He buys lots of fancy clothes. What do the fancy clothes wearers wear today? Hollister. I don't buy my clothes from Hollister because I walk in and can't see where I'm going. The, the whole thing is too dark. But you've got lots of money. Thanks. I'll take that. that let me see. That's a thousand pounds. Thank you. Good. Nice one. Great. And what else are you going to spend your money on? Sweeties. Right. Sweeties. There you go. Now I want you to... Oh, you're taking one. No, take the box. There you go. And there you go. Why don't you go around the church again and you give everybody that you can see a sweetie and some money. You do that? Go for it. Quick as you can. Just throw them at them. Go for it. Good. Has it run out yet? Yeah, you've got to squander it a bit more quickly than that, I think. Come on. Let's throw it out. Pass them out. Pass them out. That's it. Great. Wonderful. That's great. Now you come back with me. Right. Up you pop. Good. Now, in no time at all, the Bible tells us in verse 13, he squandered his wealth. Do you know what it means, boys and girls, to say he squandered it? Do you know what squandered means? That he wasted it. He pretty much just threw it all away. That's exactly what the boy did. Do you know that? To the point that he had absolutely nothing left. Everything ran out. And verses 14 to 16 tell us that he went from partying with lots and lots of different people to partying with pigs. He got a job with them. After he had spent everything, the Bible says, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to, feel, to the fields to feed his pigs. Now, boys and girls, do you like picnics? Do you like picnics? Tell me, have you ever set your picnic blanket down in a pigsty? No, why not? Why not? Because it's dirty, right? Wait, I think we need a pigsty. Okay, let's see. And do you know what? When the... Yes, I do have compost. No expense spared in these props. Look. Oh, that's what you have to work. I didn't bring a pig. Is that okay? Now, having wasted everything, this little one had to go away and feed pigs, which was a terrible, terrible thing for this person to do. And do you know what? This 
this younger son was so hungry that he wanted to fill his stomach with the pig pods. Do you fancy eating any of that? Do you know what's in the pig pods? I don't have a pig pod, but I've got a big mushroom. No? No? Okay. Good. Okay. Now, eventually, this little one, let me have this t-shirt back, please. Okay. Was so yucky and so disgusting from feeding everything. I'm going to put him back to the front. There you go. It was, oh, just disgusting. So smelly. But verse 16 tells us, having wanted to eat the pig food, he thinks to himself in verse 17, how many of my father's hired hands have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. By the way, how are you doing? You're awesome. Good. I will set out, he says, and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. Why are you going to do another lap? Go for it. Good girl. Thank you. And off he went. Now, verse 20 says, he got up, went to his father. And maybe on the way home, he's worrying, I've maybe been too bad. But what happens next? Stop there. Good girl. Maybe he's thinking all the way back, practicing his I'm sorry speech. Maybe he's thinking, will my dad actually take me back? I've done some really terrible things. What is going to happen when I get there? But what he doesn't know is that day after day, his dad has been longing for him to come home. And verse 20 says that while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son. You ready? Now, hold on a minute. At this point, as the father is running full speed towards his son, what do you think the son's thinking? He's going to kill me. You know, he's like, I'm in so much trouble. How amazing is it then to think, having done all the things that he thinks, he's going to be in so much trouble. The father doesn't necessarily pick him up, okay? But brings him back and covers him and kisses. This is my daughter. And so happy. Now you start practicing your I'm sorry speech. Say, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that I've been so naughty. I'm sorry. I have sinned against heaven and against you. And the father is not even thinking. He's thinking, I can't get my ring off. I should. Anyway, he's thinking, quick, bring the best of the house. This son of mine was dead and is alive again is lost and found and he brings him his best robe (laughs) a pretend ring on the finger in other words do you know what the father's doing for this one who had disowned the dad he has just restored this horrible awful son to a place of sonship he's brought him back into the family he didn't deserve it at all isn't that an amazing thing what love and what compassion how are you doing you're awesome so he came back hoping to work for his dad but his dad makes him a son again his dad is already loving him and so happy that he's back he basically sets up a feast so he's gone from eating pig pods and his dad he comes home and his dad is serving up for him the finest porterhouse steak that his taste buds have ever tasted. It is an amazing, amazing, 
act now. Remember the awesome guy? He's also in this story. In verses 25 to 27, this older brother hears that the younger brother is back and that his dad has thrown a party for him. And in verse 28, you read, the brother became angry and refused to go in. That's really not an angry face. Play with me, act a bit. Piat, where's your angry face? Oh, that's okay, that's good. Why will he not go in to the party? Well, because he's angry with his dad. So what happened? He's throwing, he, he's not happy with his dad. He's thinking, he's throwing that younger son a party. Why is he not going to tell him to go away and, and get a life somewhere else? He's already said he didn't want anything to do with us. He's not happy. And anyway, the text tells us he says something else. He's never thrown a party like that for me. He's throwing, having a porterhouse steak party for this guy. I've never even had a sirloin. But what happens next? Verse 28, you see amazing grace again. The father goes out to him. So his father went out and pleaded with him. His father goes to him just as he did with the lost son. Don't be angry, he says to him. Come in. It'll be good. It'll be safe. Your brother's safe and well. He was dead. He's alive again. We've had to celebrate this. But the older son just whines. <laughs> like a cat, apparently just whines how come he's getting all this you're serving up porterhouse steak you never even give me a sirloin his father says my son you're always with me and all i have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again was lost and is now found and that's how the story ends it's a cliffhanger what you've got at the end of the story is the younger son who had said one two three I'm awful. And what do we find at the end of the story? Where is he? I'm in. He's in the father's house celebrating. What about this guy? What did he say at the start? One, two, three. I'm awesome. And where is he at the end of the story? Oh, he's still out. Jesus doesn't tell us whether or not he actually goes in. It's a cliffhanger. And isn't that an amazing thing just to think about? So this guy who has been so horrible and sinful, doing all the things that he does, but comes back with sorrow in his heart. He's sorry for what he's done wrong, and he's hoping that his dad will receive him back. He's in the house, celebrating. But this guy who's been a good guy, he's worked for his dad all those years. He's not done the sinful things that this guy's done, but still, he's not happy. He's outside. He's not inside celebrating with his dad. Well, what does it all mean? What does it all mean? Well, I told you at the start that Jesus is telling this story to two types of people. He's, telling, he, he's speaking to people who think that they're bad and that there's no way that they could get to heaven. And he's speaking to people who are technically, they think they're quite good and that there's no way they're not getting into heaven. But the, basically what Jesus has done is written the crowd into the whole story of the tale of two sons. Where is the son who said, awesome, I'm awesome, he's outside. Where is the son who said, I'm awful, he's inside. It's so surprising. But the thing that you see in this story is that the dad, the father, goes out to both of these sons. He goes out to the one who thinks he's awful and he goes out to the one who thinks he's awesome. Why? To show everyone how loving and how great and how compassionate God the Father is. 
because that's who the father represents in the story he represents God and I wonder if you see yourself in the story too do you see yourself in the story in the guise of the one who says I'm awful do you think you're a terrible sinner and that God couldn't possibly love you well let me tell you the Bible tells us that God is very very gracious to you just as he was to the pig stinking younger son the Bible teaches us that we're all rebellious just like that younger son we do things our own way not God's way and the Bible also tells us that when we choose to do things our own way things get rather messy but God says if we only come to our senses and see that when we're restored to him we're happier than we ever could be if only we would actually do what the younger son did and turn to the father looking for his forgiveness and his kindness we will find God to be more loving than we ever dreamed and it's true even today as it was in that story that if you turn to God with sorrow over sin and dependence on his forgiveness and love he will heap kisses on your head as well he will love you now maybe you're you're in the other camp maybe you think you're a good person maybe you're in the i'm awesome section maybe you think that god owes you well that's exactly what the older brother thought look at all that i've done for you how could you not be pleased with me i've worked for you all these days i've never gone away and done all these things but the story reveals actually the older brother is just as sinful in his thinking and in his heart as well you see it in the way that he treats his dad you see it in the way that he treats his brother he treats his father like someone who owes him rather than someone who really loves him and he's not grateful for the gifts that his father has given him and he treats his brother like someone who should just be left for dead if we ever think of that of anyone then that's surely an indicator of our hearts that they are not right but whichever son you identify with we need to know today that God is a loving and gracious father who longs for all to come into his house and enjoy the celebration of heaven as we eat with him and yes but that's just a story about God's love someone might say it's not real life no it is a story but it is told by the one who did really have a life and did really walk around in history Jesus Christ walked this earth 2,000 years ago undeniable Jesus the son of God who came into this world to show that those who think they're awful and those who think that they're awesome to show them that God really loves them and wants them to humble themselves before him and his grace you're, and he wants us he teaches us shows us that you are never so sinful that you're beyond the reach of God's grace and you're never so good that you're beyond the need of God's grace we all need his grace and we can all receive it and to make it possible for us to be welcomed home with kisses on our head Jesus Christ died to take away our sin he died in our place boys and girls do you, do you like this, the Disney film Frozen yeah some of the adults are smiling it's an awesome film yeah you like Frozen now do you remember that bit at the end of Frozen where Prince Hans do you like Prince Hans no he's an awful betrayer terrible man well he's coming to kill Elsa isn't he 
Now, what happens at the very end of the story? What happens when Prince Hans is just about to bring his sword down and hit Elsa? Who jumps in the way? Who takes the blade, the sword on her hand? Anna or Anna? That's how you're supposed to say it. Anna, that's right. Do you see what Anna did in that thing? She basically took the hit in the place of her sister Elsa. Do you know why she did it? Why do you think she did it? She loved her, absolutely. He, she loves her so much. And do you know that's exactly why Jesus did it for us as well? Because he loves us, he put himself in our place to take our punishment so that we could live. Isn't that a wonderful thing? So whether you think you're awful today, or whether you think you're awesome today, Jesus says, God loves you. And what we all need to do is make sure that we come into the house and worship God and love him in response for his love. How do we do that? Well, we do what the younger son did. As he was feeding the pigs and longing to eat the pig food, he humbled himself. That means he thought, I've really actually done wrong. He says, sorry for that. And he leaves it all behind and turns to go home to his father. And when we do that, when we come under the promise of God's love, maybe you too today will know his kisses on your head. Let's bow our heads together and let's pray.